0: this family who else this evening the the world. The earthquakes, and all the earthquakes and floods just just exactly what the uh, the Bible says that in these latter days we're going going to see that and we just see these natural disasters you know, more and more, and, uh, you know, of course, the uh, a lot of people blame it on climate change and global warming and all, but, uh, you know, I'm afraid that we're under our, this, you know, the Bible tells us about this earth, you know, is just, you know, it's under the curse of, of, of sin, and that's part of it, and as the time goes on, it's just going to get worse and worse, and, you know, I've said, uh, you know, to talk about global warming I believe in global warming. This, uh, this world's going to go up in flames one of these days, but it's, it's not climate change it's going to cause. It's going to be you know, the, the judgment and the end times, but uh, we do need to pray for all these people. Last count I had, there was like over 2,000 people uh, dead in an earthquake and f- floods. So it's just hard times. Who else has prayer requests? Jeff Keller family in prayer. Jeff Keller family. Remember our church, our pastors, he preaches the word tonight. Oh, as always, the our young people. Anyone else this evening? All right. We'll go to the Lord in prayer now. If you would like to come to the altar, come on up and we'll. Pray around the altar. If not, pray there in your seats. Anybody have unspoken requests tonight? Definitely I do. Lost loved ones, that probably goes without saying. We all know somebody that's uh, lost and needs to give their heart and life to the Lord. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. You leave us
1: Father in heaven, we thank you, God, tonight Lord, for this blessed world privilege world. we have to come into your house yeah. to gather in your name that's with that's your, your people tonight. Father, we appreciate, Lord, uh, who you are and what you do on our behalf. Lord, we're unworthy. God, we don't deserve anything from you, God, we're thankful, Lord,
0: for uh,
1: everything that you have uh, upon us. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you just help us to be thankful and appreciative of, Lord, what we have here, Lord, our church, family, and, Lord, God, I thank you, Lord, for, Lord, what you've said your word, God, which is that upon this rock... I will build my church, God. The the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And Lord, we just believe that. Lord, we're just thankful, God, Uh, God, that you are the one that uh, uh, Lord ordained uh, to put this church on this piece of property many years ago, Father. And Lord, you didn't promise us, Lord, that we wouldn't have hard times, go through valleys. But God, you said you'd be faithful. God, you have been in the past, and Lord, we believe that you will be, uh, Lord, in the future, dear Jesus. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you bless everyone that's here tonight, God, every need, every trial, every heartache, every burden, God, Lord, those who are hurting, those who are suffering. God, those that are traveling, Lord bless those of our own congregation. Lord, that are uh, not a, that, that are uh, away from us. God, bring them back safe and sound. And uh, Lord, I pray that you'd add to the church daily, such as should be saved. God, and Lord, help us to withstand and uh, Lord uh, all the attacks of the enemy. And Lord, uh, Father, help us to resist the devil. Lord, knowing that he will flee from us. God, help me tonight to share your truth as you've imparted it unto me. Thank you, Lord, for the power of your word. I pray that your word might have a, uh, Lord, a preeminent place in our lives, that we would uphold your word and uh, honor it and extol it, Father, for what it is, Lord. And God, Lord, we just believe, God, Lord, that uh, good days lay ahead for our church, God. And, and Lord, we know that uh, weeping endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning. God, the darkest hour is just before the dawn. and uh, Lord, uh, we've come too far to turn back now. Help us to uh, be faithful, Lord. And Lord, just believe, God, that you will reward us for diligently seeking after you. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Right, we will receive our Sunday night, or Wednesday night offering at this time. So, uh, you uh, be faithful and give as the Lord would have you to this evening. The Lord loves a cheerful giver, brother Lyle. You lead us in prayer, sir. the Father Lord, we're
0: thankful. Lord, that Lord. Yes, God.
1: says that uh, the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the air to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Do you believe that this evening? Amen. Jesus is coming soon, and I don't believe it's going to be long till we uh, get to heaven. What a day that's going to be. Amen. Uh, uh, One of the girls, or Holly, or somebody mute the pulpit mic for me. Mute the pulpit, mic. You're all right. Hey, man, hope everybody's doing well. Uh, goodness, I'm telling you, I'm having to get used to y'all being way back here. but uh, Don't affect our preaching any, praise God. But I uh, hope you're, you're having a good week. I don't know about anybody else. It does seem like falls a little bit in the air, not much, but you can just... Uh, amen. Maybe the days aren't quite as humid as they have been, uh, amen. But uh, certainly the latter part of September, the first, uh, well, really all of October are my favorite times of the year, and um, amen. But we can't get too excited because of what's on the other end of it—cold uh, weather. But uh, praise God, we live in a in a place here in East Tennessee, uh, really one of the only places to where you really enjoy. All four seasons. Sometimes, uh, I mean, not always. Uh, Sometimes we skip uh, the spring and fall time, but most of the time we do have a bit of spring and have a bit of fall, Amen. And then we have winter and have summer. So, but I do appreciate you. Um, I don't know if it was mentioned. Let's continue to remember Anita Sausman in prayer. I talked to her yesterday, and she's no longer in the hospital. She's feeling better. Praise God for that. I tell you, I was really worried. Didn't know whether she was going to pull out of this or not. But uh, she is now over at Signature Healthcare uh, having rehab. Uh, She'll be in there for some time. Of course, she's been through so much with the loss of her daughter. Wasn't able to attend the funeral services due to her own uh, physical health condition. But she is improving. And she wanted me to uh, especially thank the church for praying for her. So, uh, well, I tell you, that's one group of people we don't need to ever forget about is the sick and the shut-in, those in the hospitals, those in the nursing homes, those uh, who are just not able to, uh, to come to church. Uh, amen. There's a lot of folk that would love to be here, but they're just not able. Uh, so we need to remember them in prayer. All right, let's get right into our study tonight as we continue moving through uh, Jeremiah, chapter number 36. Jeremiah 36, and again... Uh, I've, I've kind of left this thing open-ended as to whether or not uh, we're going to go all the way through the book of Jeremiah, but uh, the further we go, the more likely it's, it, it's, it's getting that we're going to f- uh, finish the entire book. But uh, w- God's Word never ceases to amaze me, I don't know about you, but just again how uh, relevant it is. And uh, again, there's many uh, evidences and proofs that we have knowing that God's Word uh, the Bible truly is the Word of God. I believe that, don't you? Uh, but we have many proofs and evidences, but one, uh, to me, one of the greatest evidences that we have that the Bible truly is the Word of God is just how relevant it is, even in our modern day. And uh, written hundreds and thousands of years ago, but yet it's almost as if uh, it comes straight off uh, the front page of the uh, the New York Times or the Washington Uh, journal amen just uh, God's word uh, the Lord knew what he was doing I believe it's it's inspired uh, I don't believe in thought inspiration but I believe in plenary verbal inspiration I believe the very words of the Bible are inspired of God amen no accidents no mistakes no contradictions now I know that the uh, amen the unbelievers the Bible deniers they'd like to point to this and that uh, as a contradiction uh, of the Word of God, but listen. Anytime someone claims that they found a, a contradiction, the, what the real problem is is a is a misinterpretation. Yeah, amen. You gotta you gotta be saved to be able to understand the Bible. Uh, without the Holy Spirit of God in your heart and life, there you don't even have the ability. You ever tried to talk to a lost person about the Bible? And I mean, it's like you're talking in a different language. Amen, but I'm thankful that uh, the day that I got born again, the Holy Spirit uh, indwelt my heart and life, and He unlocked the door and gave me the ability uh, to understand. He's my teacher, amen, He's my guide. The Bible says, the natural man understandeth not the things of God, they're spiritually discerned, amen. When you read the Bible, when you study the Bible, you ought to pray and ask God, say, Lord, uh, would you enlighten my, eye, my mind? Would you open my eyes? Would you help me to be able to understand uh, your truth? And boy, I tell you, when you really get serious about it and, and take time for it, there's nothing like uh, uh, feeding on, amen, uh, uh, the fresh grain of the Scriptures. Hallelujah. So that's what we're going to do tonight. Uh, chat number 36, again, I, I don't think this will bore you. I think it'll help you. I know it's, it's helped me in my study and preparation Amen, and uh, I think it certainly needs to be uh, preached. Chapter number 36, uh, amen, let me get there in my Bible. Uh, Verse number 1, if you found your place, say amen. Chapter 36, verse number 1 of the book of Jeremiah. It came to pass in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, that that this word came into Jeremiah, from the Lord saying, "Take thee a roll of a book and write therein all the words that I have spoken unto thee against Israel, and against Judah, and against all the nations, from the day I spake unto thee, from the days of Josiah, even unto this day." And Amen. Uh, what the Lord is doing here, the Lord is basically uh, instructing Jeremiah to write what we come what we now know as the Book of Jeremiah. Amen. God instructing him to to write down, to transcribe the words that the Lord had supernaturally inspired uh, according to His Word. Verse number 3, It may be that the house of Judah will hear all the evil which I purpose to do unto them, that they may return every man from his evil way, that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. Then Jeremiah called Barak the son of Neriah, and Barak wrote from the mouth of Jeremiah all the words of the Lord which he had spoken unto him "...upon a roll of the book, and Jeremiah commanded Barak, saying, I am shut up, I cannot go into the house of the Lord. Therefore go thou and read in the roll which thou hast written from my mouth the words of the Lord in the ears of the people in the Lord's house upon the fasting day, and also thou shalt read them in the ears of all Judah that come out of their cities. It may be they will present their supplication before the Lord." and will return everyone from his evil way. For great is the anger and the fury that the Lord hath pronounced against this, this people. And Barak the son of Neriah did according to all that Jeremiah the prophet commanded him, reading in the book the words of the Lord in the Lord's house. And it came to pass in the fifth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, in the ninth month that they proclaimed a fast before the Lord to all the people uh, in Jerusalem, and and to all the people that came from the cities of Judah unto Jerusalem, then read Barak in the house of the word of Jeremiah, uh, excuse me, in the book, uh, the words of Jeremiah, in the house of the Lord, in the chamber of Gemariah, the son of Shaphan, uh, the scribe in the higher court, in the entry of the new gate of the Lord's house, and in the ears of all the people. When Micaiah the son of Gemariah, the son of Shaphan, had heard out of the book all the words of the Lord, then he went down into the king's house, into the scribe's chamber, and lo, all the princes sat there, even Elishama the scribe, and Deliah the son of Shemaiah, and Elnathan the son of Achbor, and Gemariah the son of Shaphan, and Zedekiah the son of Hananiah, and all the princes. Then uh, Micaiah declared unto them all the words that he had heard when Barak read the book in the ears of the people. Therefore, all the princes uh, sent uh, Jehudi, the son of Nethaniah. Boy, I tell you, uh, amen, I, I, I need a bonus tonight just for reading these these names. Hallelujah. Uh, the son of uh, uh, the son of Cushai, unto Barak, saying, Take in thine hand the roll uh, whereof thou hast read in the ears of the people, and come. So Barak the son of Neriah took the roll in his hand and came unto them. And they said unto him, Sit down now and read it in our ears. So Barak read it in their ears. Now it came to pass when they had heard all the words, they were afraid both one and other, and said unto Barak, We will surely tell the king of all these words. And they asked Barak, saying, Tell us now, how didst thou write all these words at his mouth? Then Barak answered, them. he pronounced all these words unto me with his mouth. And I would assume he's referring there to Jeremiah, but do notice the capital H, so he could be referring to the Lord himself. Amen. Um, And I wrote them with ink in the book. Then said the princes unto Barak, Go hide thee, thou and Jeremiah, and let no man know where ye be. And they went into the king, into the court, but they laid up the roll in the chamber of Elishama the scribe and told all the words in the ears of the king. So the king sent Jehudai to fetch the roll and he took it out of Elishama the scribe's chamber and Jehudai read it in the ears of the king and in the ears of all the princes which stood beside the king. Now the king sat in the winter house and in the ninth month and there was a fire on the hearth burning before him. And it came to pass that when Jehudi had read three or four leaves, he cut it with the penknife and cast it into the fire that was on the hearth until all the roll was consumed in the fire that was on the hearth. Yet they were not afraid nor rent their garments, neither the king nor any of his servants that heard all these words. Nevertheless, El Nathan and Deliah and Gemariah had made intercession to the king that he would not burn the roll, but he would not hear them. But the king commanded Jeremiel, the son of Hamelech, and Sariah, the son of Azrael, and she- uh, Shelemiah, the son of uh, Abdel, to take Barak the scribe and Jeremiah the prophet. But the Lord hid them. Then the word of the Lord came uh, to Jeremiah after that the king had burned the roll, and the words which Barak wrote at the mouth of Jeremiah, saying, Take thee again another roll and write in it all the former, former words that were in the first roll, which Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, hath burned. And thou shalt say to Jehoiakim, King of Judah, thus saith the Lord, Thou hast burned this roll. saying, Why hast thou written therein, saying, The king of Babylon shall certainly come and destroy this land, and shall cause to cease from thence man and beast? Therefore, thus saith the Lord of Jehoiakim, King of Judah, he shall have none to sit upon the throne of David. And his dead body shall be cast out in the day to the heat and in the night to the frost. And I will punish him and his seed and his servants for their iniquity. And I will bring upon them and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem and upon the men of Judah and all the evil that I have pronounced against them. But they hearkened not." Then took Jeremiah another roll and gave it to Barak the scribe, the son of Neriah, who wrote therein from the mouth of Jeremiah all the the, the words of the book which Jehoiakim, king of Judah, had burned in the fire. And there were added besides unto them many like words. Can I just say this? When uh, the king's body was laying in the snow and in the heat, dead with no life, God's word was still... uh, had still been preserved and protected and was still standing. Can I say to you, I believe it was former Pastor Gary Norton that used to say, God's Word will stand when the world's on fire. Can I get a witness tonight? Father, I love you. Thank you for your goodness. Help us to learn some truths tonight. and Lord, just be reminded, Lord, of the, uh, the importance uh, of your Word, God. Lord, we can never, there's a lot of things we can overemphasize. There's a lot of times... There's a lot of things we can spend too much time focusing on, but one thing that, Lord, we need to major on, Lord, more than anything else, major on the majors and minor on the minors. God, we got to major on the book. God, keep the book in its first place of preeminence. First of all, in our own hearts and lives, God, the Word of God must, uh, Lord, be the ultimate authority of my life. The Word of God must be the ultimate authority of my family. The Word of God must be the ultimate authority of our church. Regardless of how popular or unpopular it may be, Lord, uh, we've got to keep the Word of God on, on the throne of our lives because, Lord it's, <laughs> Lord, it's on the throne of heaven. God, one of these days we're going to be judged by the words of this book. So let's hit, keep it where it's supposed to be. Revere it, respect it, submit to it, obey it. And uh, God, because uh, the, the Word's still going to stand when the world's on fire, so if we're going to be standing, we're going to have to stand by Your Word regardless of what other people say or think. I love You. Help me to preach tonight. Forgive me for my sins. Purify my heart. And Lord, help me to declare, Thus saith the Word. Honor Your Word. Exalt Your Son by way of Your humble servant. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I've entitled this chapter, uh, Penknifing. The Word of God. Let's begin to look at verse number 1. and uh, There's an inspiration. And it came to pass in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, that this word came into Jeremiah from the Lord, saying... I just want to remind us all tonight, church, that uh, the, the words that Jeremiah wrote in uh, this scroll, uh, the same words that you and I read from tonight... Uh, the same words that uh, we hold in our life, they're not man's opinion. But they are the supernaturally God-breathed, inspired Word of God. This is the breath of God. Uh, that, that book that you hold in your lap tonight literally is God's breath. Amen? Uh, 2 Timothy 3, 14-17 But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of. Paul was exhorting Timothy to make sure that he continued in the things that he had learned and those things that he had been assured of. How sure are you are the truths of the Bible? Friend, there'll come a day when the devil will try to convince you that the Bible's nothing more than a a fairy tale or a storybook. And I want to say to you that your success and your continuance as a Christian, I mean, your perseverance, your willingness to stand and to withstand in the evil day, and I believe we're living in the evil day, you know, first, the foundation of your faith, the bedrock of everything we do as God's people depends upon whether or not we truly believe that the Bible is God's Word. Are You, you know, Paul was exhorting Timothy to make sure that he continued in those things that he had learned and been assured of. No one of who thou hast learned them, that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. I'm thankful that uh, from a child I've known the Holy Scriptures. Amen. Which are able to make thee wise unto the salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Here it is. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. How many of you believe that tonight? The Word of God is profitable. For doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect uh, or mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Do you know this Bible is what equips you to be a, a successful servant of God? Your equipment is found in what the Bible says your provision, your nourishment, uh, your strength. Amen. I God has uh, fitly framed the scriptures, amen. To uh, in such a way as to prepare His servants and His people for service unto His high and holy name. But these are the God breathed words of God. Amen. Uh, these are the. This is the breath of God. Again, I believe in what uh, theologians refer to as plenary verbal inspiration as opposed to thought inspiration some would tell you that the bible contains the word of god no friend i believe the bible is the word of god amen from cover to cover no no accidents god didn't uh, hey god didn't not need any white out can i get a witness tonight amen uh, the perfectly preserved word of god now there's a transcription verse 2 Take thee a roll of the book and write therein all the words that I have spoken unto thee against Israel and against Judah and against all the nations from the day I spake unto thee from the days of Josiah even unto this day. So we see two things. There's a transcription. In other words, God breathed it out. God inspired it. But then He instructed Jeremiah to write it down. Amen. God inspired the Scriptures, but man wrote it down uh, god's hand selected certain men amen to transcribe his word amen second uh, peter 1 we have also a more sure word of prophecy do you believe you have a sure word of prophecy tonight church wherein uh, unto ye do dwell that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place you know that's what the bible is in our day we're living in a dark place but this book serves as a light that that gives light gives instruction and wisdom and guidance in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts knowing this first that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation you say what does that mean that means that uh see now the catholic church has taken that and said well you know, common men don't have the ability to study and understand the Bible. Well, that's heresy. Amen? That's not at all what that means. Amen? If you got the Holy Ghost, you can understand the Bible just as well as the Pope can. Amen? And In fact, I'd say you can understand it better because uh, most likely he don't have the Holy Ghost and he needs to get saved. Amen. Uh, when it says that uh, no Scripture... No prophecy of scriptures of any private interpretation. That simply means that you and I do not have the right to twist or turn the Scriptures and to make them say what we want them to say. Amen. Uh, Hey, the Word of God's not the spin zone. The pulpit's not the spin zone. Amen. Somebody said, well, the Bible means one thing to me and it means something else to you. No, friend. Amen. There are many applications of Scripture but only one interpretation. Amen. That's right. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Isn't that great? But you know what Jeremiah is saying here in verse number 2 of our text, and to me this is just amazing, and that is basically what God was doing is saying, in the book of Jeremiah. Take everything that I have been sharing with you, all the messages that you preached, write them in a book, chronalize them, amen, transcribe them, uh, amen, so that they'll be preserved. And brother, that was thousands of years ago, and they're still here today. Why? Because the Word of God was inspired, the Word of God was transcribed, the Word of God was canonized, and that simply means that the Bible was uh, supernaturally put together. Uh, Somebody said, well, you know, the Bible was uh, compiled by men, yes, but they were... They were moved by the Holy Ghost to put to canonize or to put together the Bible as you and I have it today, and then it was preserved, Amen. It was written, uh, Amen, thousands of years ago. But yet the Holy Ghost has preserved it and protected it, even though that the devil has done everything he possibly can to destroy it. But yet it's still standing. That's all I need to know. Just the fact that you and I hold the word of god just the fact that there is such a thing as the bible is all the evidence i need to know that it truly is the word of god amen i'm preaching tonight if y'all help me Uh, now there's an intention verse number three it may be that the house of judah will hear all the evil which i purpose to do unto them that they may return every man from his evil way that i may forgive their iniquity and their sin you know so why did god inspire the word why did god Transcribe the Word? Why did God canonize the Word? Put it together? Why did God preserve the Word of God? It's not for our harm, but it's for our good. Now, may I say to you this evening that you and I are accountable to the Word. Amen. We are responsible. You see, God didn't want to leave us in the dark, He wanted to make sure that He gave us a Word uh, to live by, instructions. He knew that we couldn't do it on our own or by ourselves. So He gave us His Word to help us to live in a way that pleases Him. Amen. If you're going to succeed in life, you've got to follow the instructions. See, we men are stubborn. You know, uh, we buy something that has to be assembled. We don't want to follow the instructions. Amen. Well, we want to do the same thing in life. And a lot of times when we don't live by the instructions, amen, we make a mess of our lives because God knows more what we need than we do. His ways are greater than our ways. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Well, I'm thankful thankful that God loves me enough to give me a more excellent sure word of prophecy to live by. Aren't you glad God didn't leave you in in the dark? Amen. Hallelujah. You know, uh, again, God wants you to succeed. God wants you to prosper. But if you're going to do that, you've got to obey His Word. You know, obedience is the key to spirituality. If we're going to be successful in our life spiritually, we've got to obey, adhere, and submit to what the Bible says. Now there's a dictation. Verse number 4. Then Jeremiah called Barak the son of Neriah, and Barak wrote from the mouth of Jeremiah all the words of the Lord which he had spoken into him upon a roll of a book. Barak here in this, this uh, chapter pretty much serves as Jeremiah's secretary, so to speak. Paul, same thing. And Peter, you know, most people think that the book of Mark, let me give you that uh, illustration. The book of Mark, a lot of people believe that it's actually the words of Peter that were written down by Mark, amen, that Mark transcribed the words of Peter same thing that happened with Paul, especially the older Paul got. He had, uh, most people believe he had a problem with his eyesight. So a lot of times he had a transcriber who wrote uh, the words that God inspired and gave to him to write down. Amen. Uh, now there's a, there's more we could say about that, but let's move on. Uh, amen. Of course, the, the, the printing press changed, changed all that. Amen. Uh, Praise God, I'm thankful that that we have the Word of God in printed form this evening. There's a limitation. Verse number 5, Jeremiah commanded Barak saying, I am shut up. I cannot go into the house of the Lord. Jeremiah was in prison. He was uh, incarcerated. He was not able to move about freely. Why? Because he had developed a bad reputation. People didn't like him because he preached the truth. But you know, they may bind us, but they'll never bind God's Word. 2 Timothy 2, 9, Wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, Paul said, even unto bonds. In other words, I'm bound up, I'm incarcerated, I'm in prison because I spoke the truth, because I preached the Word. Friend, you'll never be popular for preaching the Word of God. Yet then he said, verse number 9, But the Word of God is not bound. Isn't that wonderful? You know, Paul wrote most of his letters that you and I possess tonight bound up in prison. They thought that they, uh, amen, those Roman authorities thought that they had a hold on Christianity, amen, but hey, the more they tried to contain Paul, the more he wrote his words and God supernaturally allowed them to, to spread around the world. And you and I possess them today even though Uh, Amen, God inspired them to a man who was in prison. What a wonderful thing that is. Instruction, verse number 6, Therefore go thou and read in the roll which thou hast written from my mouth the words of the Lord in the ears of the people in the Lord's house upon the fasting day, and also thou shalt read them in the ears of all Judah that come out of their cities. Amen, it wasn't enough for the Word of God to be inspired. It wasn't enough for the Word of God to be transcribed. It wasn't enough for the Word of God to be canonized. It wasn't enough for the Word of God to be preserved. It wasn't enough for the Word of God to be interpreted, to be translated and to be written down as you and I possess it today. Somebody had to go and tell it. (laughs) The Word of God is ineffective unless somebody is willing to share what the Bible says. Amen? Um. Go ye into all the world. That's what we have been commanded to do. Romans 10, 14 through 17. How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things? But they have not all obeyed the gospel for Isaiah saith, Lord, whom hath believed I uh, report, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Bottom line, people will never be, never get saved unless they hear the message of the Gospel that's been supernaturally, uh, amen, prepared for them. Whom shall I send, God said? Who will go for us? Isaiah said, Here am I, Lord, send me. The harvest truly is, is plenteous, but the labors are few. You know, the truth of the matter is today there's fewer and fewer preachers than ever, there have ever been. Amen. Even, even, even more, more so than that, there's fewer pastors than have ever been. There's some folk that want to preach but aren't willing to pastor. Amen. You, know, it's, you need to pray that God would raise up some shepherds. You know, preaching's one thing, pastoring is an entirely different matter. Right? And we need to pray because I, I listen. I don't think the problem is whether or not God's still calling. I still believe God's in the calling business. I believe that there's a lot of folk ain't in the listening business and aren't answering the call, heeding the call of God. Amen. But listen, we got to tell it. We can't expect them to hear. You'd be amazed at how many people, uh, amen, right here in Greene County, Tennessee, maybe not as much those who were raised here, but especially those in the newer generation, the young people, and then those who are moving in here from other places are absolutely ignorant concerning what this book says. Man, I'm thankful that from a child I have learned and been assured of the Holy Scriptures. Aren't you thankful? Isn't that something to be thankful for, that you've heard the Bible all your life? That you lived in a place where it was a normal thing? Amen. To come to church on Sunday and listen to a preacher stand behind that pulpit and declare thus saith the Lord. Do you know not not everybody has that privilege? In fact, I would say most people that have been born into this world do not have access to the Bible as you and I have. I was talking to Brother Guy Roberts last night and he was telling me about something that happened to him just here recently. He, um, you know, a a dear friend of ours uh, that was a missionary that we supported is now accepted the pastorate of a local church in the upstate and again uh, i'm dear for this this fellow has been in here to speak for us we've supported him for a long time and brother roberts went and preached revival for him just recently and he said you'll never guess who showed up uh, on sunday of that revival meeting i said who and he said margaret stringer now most of you probably never heard that name but in my opinion she's a a superstar celebrity uh, maybe not in man's eyes, but in God's, God's eyes. Margaret Stringer, as a young lady, answered the call to the mission field. She never married. Never had children. She spent basically her entire life in Indonesia uh, in the islands of, of Southeast Asia amongst the tribesmen. Amen? Y'all listening to me tonight? Uh, amen? Redhead lady, fair-skinned lady, she never married. She never had kids. She spent her entire life on the mission field amongst tribesmen. Uh, and they say they say that she has stories to where, Amen. She would fly into these islands on a plane, and they she had a people knew her, and uh, she she had developed a reputation as being the lady, uh, Amen, who delivered the word. Amen. Don't don't tell me God can't use women. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, in one sense, and don't get me wrong, I don't believe God calls women to pastor. But listen, we're all declare, called to declare the word, to give out the word. And they said she would flying on that plane, and as that plane would land on the landing strip, those tribesmen would be gathered there as if they were ushering in a uh, amen, a high-ranking official from another country, and they they would be chanting words like uh, things like, "Here comes the word. We have the word." Amen, just the preciousness because they never had access to to the Bible. And uh, just one of the things that that she went through, my understanding is, again, she was a fair-skinned, red-headed lady and those tribesmen were dark-skinned, let's just say it that way. And they said early on when she went to the mission field, she went to one of these islands, amen, and they literally stripped her down naked. Y'all listening tonight? not for any promiscuous reason, but just to see if she is white all over. Now, what would you have done? I think I'd have hightailed it back home. But she endured those things, and she spent her entire life on the mission field. Now she's living in Taylor, South Carolina. She came to hear Brother Robert speak, and you all know the you know the, the respect that I have for him, but he said, listen, I need to sit down and let that woman talk. And I, we were talking. I said, boy, I sure hope that I'm not standing behind her in line at the judgment seat of christ hallelujah praise god but i'm telling you you can't put enough value on the importance and the preeminence of god's word and they'll never hear if we don't tell it if we don't share it there's a, a prescription verse number seven it may be they will present their supplication before the lord and will rep- return everyone from his w- evil way so that's you know, what was God's desire? I mean, what, was, what is the intended effect of the Word of God? How does God want us to respond to what the Bible says? Well, that we would make supplication. In other words, that we'd pray. And then that we might return from our evil ways. That we'd repent. Amen, that's still God's recipe. That is, that is how to make the Word of God effective in your life is to pray over it, and to repent of your evil ways and make sure that our lives line up with and match up with what the Bible says. So, Pronunciation, verse number 7, For great is the anger and the fury that the Lord hath pronounced against His people. You know why it's so important for you and I today to be true to what the Bible says? Make sure that we give out a pure version. Not a watered-down version. Amen? Uh, not a more... Uh, uh, a socially acceptable version of, of, the, of the Word, uh, not a compromised version of the Word, but make sure that it's 100% concentrated in its original form. Amen? You know why it's important? Because the Word of God contains the fact that God is angry and, and has fury and has pronounced uh, judgment against this world. Boy, now that's not popular today. Does that right there describe what you hear out of most pulpits, most mega churches? A message that God is full full of fury and anger and has pronounced judgment against this people. That's not what we're preaching today, but you know that's still the message that's still the truth now i know he's a god of love and i know he's a god of grace and long-suffering and, and mercy amen but i'm telling you god is highly offended with mankind over his sin and it's our responsibility to share that truth the fact that man has sinned against god it means you know it has nothing to do and i don't have time to get into it but we could recede or we could read ezekiel 33 2 through9 the parable of the watchman Amen. And how that, basically what God was telling Ezekiel was, listen, it's not your job to determine how they respond to it, whether they adhere to it, whether they accept the Word. All you're to do is to make sure that they're aware of the fact that their sins have offended my high and holy name. Amen. If if you're willing to declare it, Amen, then, Amen. If you're willing to do your part and give it out, Regardless of how they respond, Amen, I'm not going to require your blood, my their blood at my at your hand. On the other hand, if you decide to smooth it over and to sweep it under the rug and to be silent and to not blow the trumpet, Amen, then you're responsible because they did not have a chance to repent because of your silence. Amen. That's something we've got to learn. That's something I've tried to learn in my ministry, and that is. I am not responsible for how people respond to the truth of God's Word. A lot of times we want to manipulate the message. We want to say, well, we've got to make sure, amen, that we we, uh, soften it up a little bit so that they're not offended by it or so they don't get upset with it. Whether or not they get offended or upset, that's not our business. Our business is to make sure we preach the truth. And, And friend, I'm telling you, tonight that the best way to gauge the spiritual condition of any society or culture is it, it has to do with how they react to the truth of the Word of God. And we live in a country to where over the last few generations there was a respect for what the Bible says. There was a re- hey listen, even wicked men, even drunkards and even Amen, those who lived uh, wicked lives, yet still they had a certain degree of respect for the Bible. Friend, those days are gone. It's not just the devil's crowd, but so-called God's people no longer have a reverence for what the Bible says. We've got churches that are championing what God calls a perversion and an abomination. You say, well, what's the, the consequence of that? Those who stay true to what the Bible says are not going to be well received. They're going to treat us pretty much the same way they treated Jeremiah. Amen. Uh, Don't get me wrong. Can God still grow the church? Can God still build the church? Amen. Can churches still be successful in in our day and thrive? Yes, they can to a certain extent, but you better not hold your breath, brother. Amen. Amen. Because I'm telling you, the longer we live and the longer time stands, the less popular those who, may, who remain faithful to truth are going to be. Amen? That's right. But yet, we're still God still expects us to stay faithful. Amen. It has nothing to do with how people respond. Now there's a submission, verse number 8. And Barak the son of Neriah did according to all that Jeremiah the prophet commanded him reading in the book the words of the Lord in the Lord's house. That's all he did was read the Word. Do you know that's all we're commanded to do is to give out? Do you know that's what preaching really is? I'm afraid that in our day preaching has become something different than what God intended it to be. You know, the truth of the matter is people just do not respond to the Word like they used to. People simply do not have an appetite for God's Word like they used to have. People no longer used to, uh, amen, you could fill a church up with a preacher, uh, amen, not to hear the music, not for a program or a a ministry or all these other things, but people would, would flock to the house of God simply to hear the man of God preach the Word of God. But we live in a day to where the appetite for God's Word is not what it used to be. So then what happens is, that puts pressure upon people such as myself and other preachers to change uh, either the message or the method. And now we've got this idea, well, it's okay to change to change the method as long as we stay true to the message. Well, that's a slippery slope. Because the more you start changing your methods, sooner or later, amen, Uh you're going to be tempted to change the message. A- a- amen. A- and what happens is when you uh, uh amen, uh, when you when you cater to the appetite of the flesh, the more flesh food you give people, the more flesh food they want. Amen. And what we're doing, we're, ca- we're, we're cultivating uh, the pulpits of America are cultivating a fleshly appetite in the pig. And because people like to hear uh, the flesh food, they reject the milk and the meat of what the Bible says. Amen. Uh, But in Jeremiah's day, all Barak was instructed to do was to stand up and read the Word of God. Same thing in Nehemiah's day. Chapter number 8 of the book of Nehemiah. Ezra the scribe stood up from the beginning of the morning until midday and simply read the Word of God. God's people stood the entire time in reverence to the Word. And then they fell on their face because they heard what the Bible says. Nobody complained about how long the service was. Amen. Nobody got mad and got up and left because the preacher uh, Amen, preached a little long. Can I get a witness tonight? Um, the preacher didn't uh, feel pressure to embellish the way he delivered the message. Do you know what respond, What people respond to in our day? They don't respond to the content of the message. They s- respond to the method of the delivery. They're more impressed, amen, by the, the techniques and, uh, amen, the... Uh, uh, amen. The 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 uh, the intelligence and, and the uh, the sophistication and the the style of dress and the presentation uh, of the man of God or in our day the woman of God. Yet they 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 have no appetite for the substance of the book. Right. Amen. It's good preaching. Yeah, man. Once again, I'm just telling you, we can gauge the spiritual, uh, le, the level of spirituality of a culture by how people respond to, to what the Bible says. Jonathan Edwards' day, amen, revival broke up. He, he simply got up and in a monotone voice, he didn't embellish it, amen, he didn't dramatize it. He just read in a soft spoken voice the words to sinners and the hands of an angry God. The Holy Spirit took the Word of God. People were literally clinging to uh, the poles because they were afraid they were going to drop off into hell because they had an appetite for the truth. Something that no longer exists today. Man. Deprivation, verse 9, And it came to pass in the fifth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, that they proclaimed a fast before the Lord to all the people in Jerusalem. Well, that'd be a good thing to do, wouldn't it? Amen? Impartation, verse 10. Then read Barak in the book of the words of Jeremiah in the house of the Lord, and in the chamber of Gemariah, the son of Shaphan, the scribe, the higher court at the entry. Again, he just read the word of God. A reaction. Now, again, we're going to quit and we'll Because I think this chapter really is important enough to make sure we don't rush through it, but that we spend at least two weeks because there's just... I mean, I would encourage you in between now and next Wednesday night to read through the remainder of chapter number 36 and pray. Amen. Help God to open your eyes. Amen. Because I'm telling you, friend, this not only is a collective thing, but if you want God to show you where your life is at spiritually, how do you respond to God's Word? How do we react to the truth? And and specifically, I'm not talking about whether we amen it, whether we have a desire to hear it, but whether we submit to it and obey it. You can say the right thing. You can have the right immediate and instantaneous response to what the Bible says. But then do you take it and apply what you hear? Amen? So let's let's conclude tonight. But but let let me share this with you because I think this is certainly worth Getting across. Verse number 11 of our text. When Micaiah the son of Gemariah the son of Shaphan had heard out of the book all the words of the Lord then he went down into the king's house and into the scribe's chamber and lo all the princes sat there even Elishama the scribe and Deliah the son of Shemaiah and El Nathan the son of Achbor and Gemariah the son of Shaphan and Zedekiah the son of Hananiah, uh, and all the princes. Then Micaiah declared unto them all the words that he had heard, when Barak read the book into the ears of the people. Now, what we see here is the word of God taking effect. And friend, that's what you and I need to pray. If there would be something good for you to pray in your life, as you do your daily devotions and 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 make your petitions before the Lord and. I'm telling you, amen, we don't need a, a house of cards. We need to make sure we have a solid foundation in our lives spiritually. But can I tell you where it starts? Amen. asking the Lord to cause His word to take effect, have an effect in our lives. You know, one place in Scripture it says that the Word of God is of none effect. Friend, you talk about uh, a death sentence to any person, any family, any church, any community, any nation, That is when the Word of God has none effect. And brother, if that's not where we're at tonight, just as sure as I'm standing before you this evening, the handwriting's on the wall of America. You know why America is in the shape she's in? We could say a lot of things, and we could pin the the tail on a lot of donkeys, so to speak, but the main reason, the number one reason why America is no longer the, the land she used to be, it's because at some point in time, Our culture decided that the Word of God wasn't good enough. Amen. God's way wasn't good enough. Instead of, you know, being satisfied with what brought us to uh, what made us who we we are and who we've been, we need something else. We need some vain imaginations. Amen. We need some foolish fantasies. Uh, Amen. Instead of what the Bible says, let's champion abortion for a little while it's okay to kill kill kids uh, amen let's let's champion let's teach our kids amen that there's no such thing uh, amen as purposeful intent amen that all of this all of this world that that they see out in front of them is nothing more than a coincidence and an accident and we begin to raise kids amen uh, uh, on the truths of evolution amen which then well, I mean, if, if, if there's no ultimate authority that we answer to, if there's no creator, then we can just do what we want to do and live, live how we want to live, right? Do what's right in man's eyes rather than the one we answer to and responsible, right? And now we've got to the place to where not only are we promoting ideas such as homosexuality, but now we're teaching our kids that, uh, amen, you don't have to be who God created you to be. Amen, don't be satisfied with being a boy, but you can change yourself and be a a woman. And now we've got, they're making contraptions and devices so that men can experience, quote, the pleasures of pregnancy. Right? All because the Word of God no longer has an effect in our culture. And friend, the day, listen, my words may not have an effect, but the day that that book no longer has an effect at United Baptist Church, we'd be better off shutting the doors. Because what the Bible says is more important than anything else. The only thing that's going to fix any problem in your life, in my family, in this church, or in in any other congregation or group of people, no matter how large or small, is that we allow the Word of God to take an effect. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to take an effect in the masses, the multitudes, because it's not going to. The truth of the matter is most people will reject God's Word. Right? And we certainly live in a society where the Word of God is becoming less and less popular. But what we see here is that although revival didn't break out, and although the, you know the ta- national repentance didn't take place, but what did happen is one man made a difference. This man, what's his name, Micaiah? And, boy, I wish I had written it down, but as I was studying, I found that his dad, I believe it was his dad, amen, had a prominent place in the life and ministry of Josiah, the last king who brought revival to Judah a generation or so before. And it was this Micaiah's father who had a part in the reading of the Word of God that brought repentance to the life of Josiah that brought a time of revival to Judah. So in other words, one generation esteemed God's Word. And so also, there was another young man that when the Word of God was read, most people ignored it, most people didn't want anything to do with it, but this one young man paid attention to it. And God used his adherence to the Bible to make a difference. Isn't that great? He, uh, you know, again, they they read it during the, the time when the fast was called. The multitude, the congregation heard it. Most people didn't, have any, didn't want anything to do with it. But yet Malchiah uh, gave heed to the word that was read. And then he told the princes. And the princes became burdened over what the Bible said. And long story short, that word ended up being read in the ears of the king. Now the king didn't respond the right way. He ended up penknifing the word and burning it with fire. Sealed his fate, so to speak. But yet, I, I believe that Malchiah's life meant something simply by the way he responded to the Word of God. All because Jeremiah was willing to, was, was willing to, to give it out. Barak was willing to write it down. Malchiah heard it, and he told it to others. That's still what's going to get the job done today. Hearing it, amen, giving it out and trust in God to take His Word and do what He's always been able to do. Let's all stand tonight. Father in Heaven, I love You. I'm thankful that You've said that Your Word will not return void. It'll accomplish the purpose you send it out to perform. Lord, I'm thankful, Lord, that the Word of God is still able to have an effect in our world today. Lord, if I ever get to the place in my life to where I can hear God's Word and it just bounce off of me. Not make a difference. Not change me. Lord, the day that the Word of God becomes of no effect in my life is the day that I'm in big trouble. Lord, I pray we'd search our own hearts and I pray that we would consider where we stand. Just as Paul told Timothy, the things that you have heard, the things that you have taught the things that You have learned, and the things that You are sure of. Father, I pray that we'd settle it within our own hearts and lives. I pray that it would would remain settled at United Baptist Church, that the Word of God truly is forever settled in heaven. I love You, I thank You, and I praise You. In Jesus' name we pray, all God's people say it. Amen. You are dismissed.